This is the Mark Podcast from Lifeway Women. We're your hosts, Elizabeth Heineman and Kelly King. Each episode, we'll talk about what God is doing, how He has and is marking each of us. Sometimes that will be through interviews, and sometimes we'll have conversations around the table. We're so glad you've joined us today. excited to invite you to one of our favorite events every year, the Lifeway Women's Leadership Forum. For more than 25 years, we've hosted this event as a space for women like you to gather and sit under training from women's leadership experts. This year, you'll learn from Melissa Kruger, Melissa Spolstra, Alexandra Hoover, Derwin Gray, and Caroline Saunders, plus customize your training with over 20 breakout sessions that meet you wherever you are on your leadership journey. The best part, you'll be doing this alongside like-minded women who are seeking to be equipped for their God-given calling. To learn more and to register, just visit lifeway.com slash forum. Hello and welcome to the Mark Podcast. I am Elizabeth Hyman. I'm here with my co-host, Kelly King. It's hey, Kelly. It's always good to be here, Elizabeth. I'm glad, hey. we're, glad we're here. So yes. yeah, we've got a friend um, on today's podcast and excited for our audience to hear. We are still working through our list. Absolutely. I mean, Courtney has been on our list for a while. Yes. So Courtney Moore is here with us. So Courtney, tell us a little bit about yourself, your family, and your ministry. Sure. Guys, thanks so much for having me on. This is so much fun. Um, So yeah, I'm Courtney. I uh, live in El Paso, Texas, but I'm from Alabama, so kind of a transplant out in West Texas. I have a husband. We've been married. Actually, we just celebrated our 17th anniversary uh, just um, a couple months ago, and so we have three kids. Um, My oldest will be in the seventh grade um, this fall, so he's 12 taller than me, which is just wild. Um, and then a nine-year-old boy, and then a five-year-old little girl who's just starting kindergarten. So um, my husband's a pastor, and we've lived out here four years now, and I'm um, just serving the Lord in ministry out here. And um, I serve as founder and president of Women in Work, and um, got a lot going on with that that I'm sure we'll chat about. That's a little bit about me. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, you know, you mentioned El Paso. You've been there about four years, and, you know, a lot of people think— I mean, well, first of all, Texas is huge. People don't realize how <laughs> yeah. big Texas is. But then you, a lot of people have different perceptions of different places in Texas. But El Paso, you really are on the border. Um, it is, you speak Spanish, which you mentioned you're from Alabama. So, you know, I'd love for you just to share like why you know Spanish in the first place you did before you went to El Paso and and really how the Lord led you there and just a little bit about um, the mission field that El Paso is. Right. No, thanks for that question. So I was a journeyman with the IMB um, after college and served in Costa Rica for two years. Um, so, you know, the first six months we were, I was in Costa Rica, we were in language school. So I gradu- well, graduated at a intermediate advanced level. So it was never super, my Spanish was never like top of the charts, right? Um, And so this has still been a while ago that I was a journeyman. And I really honestly came back home from that experience, didn't expect to use the Spanish again, just never in a million years thought this was going to come back around. And um, my husband and I were just praying about sort of our next step in ministry. He was serving at a church in Mississippi and just, we were just wondering, okay, Lord, what's next? Feeling that sort of I don't know, feeling compelled that something new was on the horizon. And 
we just prayed and literally the Lord just kind of dropped this opportunity um, into our laps. And so you're right. I mean, we hear Spanish every day, my house. So when we first moved here, my house was on the other side of town and we were like 12 and a half miles from the border, mm-hmm. which felt like still really close right? mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> to another country. Um, and then my kids switched schools. So we moved across town and their school is downtown. It's really close to the border. So now my house Literally from where I'm sitting, guys, if I turn my head, I can see Mexico. I can see the wow. mountains of Mexico. Our house is two miles from the border. Um, and so it's really wild that um, they told us when we moved here, you know, you need to think of yourself as missionaries. And we're like, sure, of course, you know, of course you do. Mm-hmm. And But you guys know how it is. <laughs> yeah. People tell you things. And really, until you experience it, you're like, oh, that's what they meant by that. You know, mm-hmm. um, it is truly um, a different culture. It's, I mean predominantly Hispanic culture. And um, we do really view ourselves as missionaries. It took a while to kind of get into that framework. Um, There's a ton of Catholic influence because, you know, um, the Mexican culture is, is, is very Catholic. So you'll meet some families who are very strong, committed Catholics. Um, And I I value their alliance, especially on um, pro-life issues and that kind of thing. Um, but a ton of people, especially our age, will just kind of say they're Catholic because their grandmother was or, you know, um, there's not a lot of faith involved um, in that. And so we have found um, with our church that people are very hungry. Um, it's not the Bible Belt. So they don't come into our building with a lot of knowledge of the Bible. And so they come in, they're eager to learn, they're hungry. Um, they really have received what you know my husband's preached and what we are kind of deliver you know putting before them in terms of the gospel and so that's been really cool to to see lives transformed and i mean my husband jokes because he can go out in town and i mean as soon as he says like oh i'm a pastor it is so strange y'all it is like he just shares the gospel all the time people are like oh you're a pastor i was just thinking about this and then he'll get to share the gospel Mm -hmm. And even our kids' school is really diverse. And so even some of the moms, um, I've been able to share the gospel with them. It's been really interesting. And and so then layer on top of that, all of the kind of border issues going on over the last several years, um, it's just pretty wild. I just never imagined, um, you know, national news would be like right here in my city. And so, I mean, our Border Patrol, they have done a fabulous, outstanding job with the numbers of migrants coming through. Um, It's been really tough. All the shelters here just, Mm -hmm. you know, depending on the influx of migrants that come over, um, you'll just hear a big push for, okay, we need more blankets. We need more socks, you know, and the whole city will really rally behind them. Um, But it's, it's a, it's hard because, you know, these people are coming over and, you know, they are image bearers of God. You want to give them the honor and dignity they respect, but it is a huge, um, stressful, really unsustainable situation uh, for the city. And so, um, you know, we're recording this right now in July and we've just had massive um, heat, excessive heat um, warnings. And we the other thing is the desert out here. We're so far west that, I mean, even the landscape is different. So we're just desert. I mean, it barely rains all. I mean, it's like Mm. 15 days a year it rains. It's insane. And so, um, (laughs) no, it's, it's crazy. And so even just for these migrants coming over just a week ago, you know, they found like five of these people, y'all just dead out in the desert. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just not even safe for them coming over. So it's just, 
it's a wild situation. And sometimes I'm just like, Lord, it is crazy you have us here, but you know, we're willing to serve and and um, just live with open hands and say, okay, Lord, however you want to use us, uh, we're we're definitely willing. But um, yeah, it's been definitely, I would say, just personally, a just a huge being on mission. I mean, you really yeah. do get a sense of we are on mission. And mm-hmm. I think of all the places we've lived in ministry, I've never f- had a sense as much as here of like how much the Lord loves these people, how much mm-hmm. compassion he has on them. It really is to me in my mind, the passage, you know, when he looks out and they are um, like sheep without a shepherd, mm-hmm. you know, um, and, you know, the harvest is ripe, uh, but where are the mm-hmm. workers? And so it really does uh, feel that way. So if, if any listeners want to come out and serve with yeah. us, I was ask we how, could use you. How could our listeners be praying for for Gosh. y'all, for the, for the whole city of El Paso and mm-hmm. the situation? And what are some... Are there any ways that they can help from where they're at other than moving to El Paso to to be on mission with you? Um, That's a great question. I feel like for us personally, just um, to be strengthened, just we feel such a dependence on the Lord every day. Um, You know, we're really far from home. I mean, it's like 1,200 miles from family. And so you can't just get in your car and drive home, even though, I mean, it's wild because we're still in the U.S., right? Right. I mean, we still speak English. I mean, it just feels really far, though. And so I feel just to have um, for the Lord just to continue to be faithful. I mean, I know that He he will be, Mm -hmm. but um, just to sense His presence and His lead every day in our lives is a huge prayer that we continue to ask. And um, just for my kids to have those strong Christian friendships. Um, I mentioned it's such a mission field here. Really want my kids to be um, not the only Christian, you know, right. not the only ones um, who are really trying to walk with Jesus. And um, they have some Christian friends. Our church, we have some some little, you know, teenagers and kids who know the Lord. So, um, and, you know, there is a, um, a migrant center that our local Baptist Association has set up that you know they're doing the best they can as well to serve these migrants they come through they had a whole gym um where they would come in and had cots out for them to sleep in they had a shower you know for these migrants and so i could i could follow up with you on some more specific ways but just definitely the prayer Mm -hmm. um for us and really honestly just revival for this city Um, there's a ton of spiritual warfare here that again is really unlike any place we've lived and so um i know satan would love to you know, retain dominance over this place. Um, but we just constantly pray for the little spark of fire that the spirit has lit that that would grow and um, that this city would be a, a great light for Christ. Well, we're going to shift gears a little bit. That's so good um, and something that we can definitely be praying for. And if you can send us links or something, we can put oh, those sure. in the show notes for people. Um but tell us a little bit, you mentioned women in work. So tell us a little bit more about the ministry of women in work. How did it get started? And why do you think it's important for Christian women to focus on work? Right. Yeah. Thanks for that question. So we are a nonprofit. We began in 2018 and um, really started, you guys, through my own just wrestling with, okay, God, what am I doing with my life? Um, I felt called to ministry in high school and this was in the 90s. And so I feel like every girl I talked to, every woman I talked to <laughs> who was called to ministry in the 90s, you really had two options. You could try to be a Beth Moore, which none of us, we knew we, we weren't going to be. Um, or you could do children's ministry. Or I guess the third was um, missionary. You could be a missionary. And that was, it just felt like a really narrow vision for what 
women who wanted to serve the Lord could really do. There just wasn't a lot of vision, and I still feel like this is an area uh, we need to grow in. And um, so around 2018, really before that, I had been wrestling with, okay, what am I? I was a mom. That was really my whole my whole goal was just to be a mother, to be a wife, and the Lord was kind to give me those things. Um, but really felt like there were some giftings, some stewardships I had that were just kind of over here collecting dust. I mean, at this point, I had a master's from a seminary in biblical counseling. I really was not utilizing it very much at all and began to have some conversations with other women. It was just like, goodness, this feels like a conversation that needs to happen. And um, I actually went to the Southern Baptist Convention in 2017, out when it was in Phoenix, went to all the women breakouts, and it just seemed like... You know, there was a ton of um, resources and information um, for pastor's wives or ministry wives or even staff wives to an extent, um, but not really for just a woman who the accountant, like, you know, mm-hmm. just who's ministering to this woman, the teachers, the nurses. Um, and so all of that kind of combined to just for me just to feel honestly really compelled uh, to start something on my own. I never would have done this. I would not have had the courage, um, but it just was really like the Spirit of God was compelling me to start this conversation. And so, like I said, we started in 2018 with a panel discussion at the SBC. Kelly King was <laughs> in our inaugural event. Right. She was on my panel with a couple of other women. And honestly, we had a pretty good turnout. It was like it was 100 full. women in there. Was yeah. yeah, I was in there. So I was in the room. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and so now we um, have... Uh, the Women in Work podcast, Missy Branch and I interview women in all kind of work to hear how they're really integrating their faith and work. And really the heart behind that is to give women vision, just give them a vision for how they can live out their faith every single day, even though it's not considered ministry, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we have just different events. We have a book club. We have devotions on the Version Bible app. We um, have a blog series where if women know someone who's doing amazing work, they can nominate her and we'll feature, we feature a woman every month. And this year we just launched, um, just gave out, awarded our very first, uh, women in work scholarship to a young woman who's stepping into her calling. And so, um, for me, it just, again, it felt like there was just a missing place for women to, I don't know, just a lacking of vision for women to honor God in all these different spheres of their life. And, you know, in our subculture of Christianity, we, um, you know, we're an organization who affirms complementarianism where, you know, um, a qualified man is to lead the church and a husband leads the home. But I feel like within that, there's also, it just, I I call it the nose of complementarianism. And we don't really hear the yeses of complementarianism for women, right? And so I love verses um, like Colossians 3, 17, that whatever you do in word or deed, do it unto the Lord, or whether you eat, drink, or whatever you do, uh, do it to the glory of God. And so it felt like work was a category women could be glorifying God in, but they hadn't been really equipped uh, to know how to do that. And so we really want women to, you know, we want to give them some vision for how they can connect their everyday work, their everyday calling, whatever work that is, whether inside of the home, raising their children, homeschooling, or if they're out in the marketplace, um, in the office, in the hospital serving, whatever your work is, we really want women to be able to connect that um, to the kingdom of God and and see how it matters to what he's doing in the world, because it really does. And I was just thinking about all the biblical examples we have of women mm. in the workplace. Like, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's Priscilla, who was a tent mm-hmm. maker, and, and there's Lydia, Lydia mm-hmm. who 
did something with purple fabric. She I don't know. A de- she yeah. was a dealer of purple. There you go. Yes. Dealer of purple. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, even in the Old Testament, there's Deborah. Mm-hmm. There's the Proverbs 31 woman who mm-hmm. is working. Um, and so we do have so many examples of that, but it's not something we talk about a lot, mm-hmm. um, which is so interesting. And I'm so thankful for uh, your work and the resources because I, you know, attend the SBC stuff and there's right. n- I'm not a I'm not a wife of any kind, but I'm not uh, definitely not a minister's wife, a, a pastor's wife. So I appreciate um, you seeing that need. And I think it's very unique that you saw that need, even though you are a minister's wife. So thank you for mm-hmm. for seeing the rest of us who yeah. who needed those yeah. extra resources. And, and I sure. think that what you describe, Courtney, we hear that a lot, mm-hmm. even on the podcast of how ministries start. And that really is this prompting of the Holy Spirit of like, there is something, there's something that's kind of in your in your life that you get this is missing like there's yeah. a, there's a need here and God are you asking me to join you in this work and i think that's what that's really what you did Courtney you said i see a, a hole here and yeah and the lord really brought that to your attention and i think just wouldn't let that go and and we've yeah. just seen you flourish in that which includes the next question we want to talk to you about is the <laughs> book um so really um there is a, a new book that just came out um it's been out a couple of months now that when this is released it's called women in work so talk about just it's it's a compilation of a lot of different women but talk a little bit about it and why why it's so important that women you know even uh, tackle the subjects that are in this book. Yeah, no, thank you. Um, yeah, so I really wanted to just give women a kind of introductory, a just a just what does the Bible say about work? And so, um, and then not only that, but really help them, you know, discern, okay, what are my gifts? What are the stewardships God has given me personally? Um, so that I can step more fully into what he's called me to do. Um, I love thinking about um, Caleb in the in the Old Testament, you know, when uh, God had called um, them in to spy out the land, and he was the only one that came back um, with that true, honest report because the rest of them were fearful. And um, and and the Lord said, and I think this is like Numbers fourteen that Caleb had a different spirit and followed mm. me fully, mm. and that has stuck with me. That verse has been with me since high school, probably. I just has in my heart want that for myself and really have a passion to see women step fully into whatever work he's called them to. Um, and so we, um, like you did mention, we have 10 different women who each wrote a chapter on a various topic of women and their work. So we start with kind of the foundation of how work began um, in the garden. And um, we don't think about work being, Tim Keller said this, we don't think about work being a part of paradise, that it actually existed before the fall. Um, And so Adam and Eve um, were both given work. It wasn't just Adam, it was both of them. Um, In Genesis 128, the creation mandate, they were called to cultivate the earth, subdue it, and to really build a whole society from scratch, from nothing, from a garden, you guys. And then when I think about that compared to like New York City, I mean, all the noise and process and happenings of a city. I mean, it's just wild that it began so simple. Um, And and so our work, like God is is moving us somewhere. And um, along the way, you know, we've learned about how it began in a garden, but it also, it ends in a city with the new Jerusalem coming down. And so it's a beautiful picture. I feel like our work is is part of a... um, it's a tangible thing we do that's part of build kingdom building, but it's also a shadow, I feel like, of spiritual truths that, you know, here's this new Jerusalem going to come and we're going to all be a part of it. And so um, I really hope women will um, 
I mean, the ultimate goal, you guys, is that they'll learn what the Bible says about work, but then they'll also sense by the Holy Spirit, what is God leading them to do and really step with faith um, into it more fully and get that sense of, okay, this is how I'm honoring God um, every single day in my work. This is now becoming a part of worship, that, that what I do, even though it might not be ministry, even though it's kind of in this secular box, um, that it's not that it's not secular. It's actually actually sacred as I offer mm-hmm. uh, the work of my hands to Him as worship. Mm-hmm. And we know in you know Romans twelve one when Paul says you know I urge you uh, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. This is your spiritual form of worship. And so I love thinking about how just even our physical bodies that we use every day to work, whether it's our hands typing emails or you know you're using your voice to speak truth over this podcast or. Um, feet walking the hospital or, you know, whatever you're, you're offering that to God as worship. So we really hope women will be encouraged that they'll learn, that they'll be really inspired um, to follow the Lord fully and all of it and um, really get a sense that he is Emmanuel. He is God with me every day of the week, um, Mm -hmm. wherever I go and that all of life is all for him. I think that too, when you think about just different vocations, Mm -hmm. There is a difference between when you say, oh, I'm a doctor or I am a school teacher. And then you go, no, I'm a Christian doctor. I am a Christian educator. Because if we really truly are living in the vocational calling that God has given us, we do walk differently because we have Christ and because we carry his name. And there should be a marked difference there. Um, so I, I love that you've brought that in as far as just it's not just um, a ministry calling. It is all of our callings for work, for sure. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And it's also really interesting, even if you just think about the simplicity of just abiding in Christ and walking in the power of the Spirit, just demonstrating the fruit of the Spirit in your workplace. Like, we, mm-hmm. it sounds so simple to us, but like if you work in a an environment where you're one of few Christians— um, if you go in and you have love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and mm-hmm. gentleness and self-control, I mean, that is a marked difference from the world. If you are controlling your tongue and you're not complaining and all of your coworkers are, that's noticeable, right? Or if you're speaking mm-hmm. words of life and building up instead of putting down, I mean, that's a huge witness and a huge testimony um, and just... I know we also love to just think about human flourishing, that the work of your hand, like you love God through it and you love others. And so when you produce quality, excellent work, um, you're serving the community. You're you're loving your clients by producing excellent work. And there's just so much to it. Um, I love thinking about it and I hope women will, um, you know, be encouraged in it. If they read the yeah. book. <laughs> well, speaking of the book, they um, it's a compilation book. So you had several different authors contribute to it. So how who are some of those women that contributed to the book and how did you choose them? And were yeah. there any like of their thoughts or perspectives that surprised you as you read and edited? Right. Yeah. OK, so we have um, this is an alphabetical order. So we have Hannah Anderson, um, mm-hmm. who she's written a lot with B&H. They've published yes. some of her stuff before. Missy Branch, my co-host, um, Portia Collins, Lise Fitzpatrick, um, Joanna Meyer, Jen Oshman, Courtney Powell, Courtney Rysick, Faith Watley, who was at Lifeway for a very mm-hmm. long time, and um, Amy Whitfield. And so a lot of these women, it's wild. I mean, it's, you know, when we were thinking through, okay, what do we want the book to be about? Who do we want to write these chapters? 
I mean, we were really shooting for the stars of just like, okay, here's what we kind of want the book to be about. And we're just thinking like, who already is speaking into this place? Who's exemplifying this with their life? Who already has sort of the theological um, knowledge already that could just, you know, um, give us the truth uh, in, in beautifully written words? And so... Um, these women just came to the top and amazingly, they all said yes. And so for me personally, Elise Fitzpatrick, I mentioned that, you know, I had my master's in biblical counseling. I mean, y'all, this was a dream for me because yeah. when I was, she is a biblical counselor. And when I was in seminary, her books were our textbooks. Yes. And so <laughs> I cannot tell y'all when she sent her chapter over and I had to edit that. It took me a minute. I was like, I don't, I don't think I'm qualified to edit her work. She's written like 25 books probably by now. Um, so that was tough to get over that. Um, honestly, they each produce such excellent work and were such gracious contributors. I mean, every edit I suggested, they just were like, oh, I can, you know, they just made those adjustments. It was, it was um, wonderful to get to collaborate with each of them. I, in terms of surprises, I feel, um, this is not really a surprise, but one of the things that I guess in some ways I've just learned more um, so Joanna Meyer, she is a single woman, never been married, lives in Denver. She actually works for the Denver Institute of Faith and Work. Um, her chapter is called The Grief and Grace of an Unexpected Career. And mm -hmm. so she was one of these women who had hoped to be married, hoped to have a family. Um, and, you know, now she's in her mid-40s. She's never been married. Um, and in fact, she even had to have a hysterectomy. And so she won't... Mm -hmm even have the opportunity to be a biological mom. And so she really shares quite a bit of her story in the chapter and gets really personal and just talks about grieving those things and that, mm -hmm. um, that it's okay to grieve those things. And like, um, it's really beautiful. It's just a really beautiful chapter. And she gives a vision of how as a single woman, she's really offering her work to the Lord and meeting. I mean, it's just, it's a beautiful chapter. And so one of the things that surprised me about that, we shared, um, last season on our podcast, we shared, um, we interviewed each of the authors just to give a little, you know, um, preview of the book. And uh, we shared a clip of hers um, just as a reel on Instagram. And I'll tell you what blew me away, you guys. I cannot believe the amount of single women this has resonated with. Mm -hmm. The comments, the shares on this, I mean, it, that is what's blown me away of how this is an entire population of Christian women who have been underserved. Y'all, it was a minute clip, a, just mm, yeah. 60 seconds of her just mentioning this. And these women have felt so seen and so heard. And I just, I don't, it gives me chills thinking about it because I just feel like, oh my gosh, you know, we mentioned this a minute ago in the conversation, Elizabeth, but um, I think there needs to be more, more work, more um, just ways we need to think about serving single women who, mm are stepping into churches where it really is, um, it's a lot of stuff for married women and moms, you know? Yeah. Um, so that has been unexpected. And I will, the other chapter that um, I feel like I learned so much from was Hannah Anderson's. Mm -hmm. She wrote on, um, her chapter's called Bodies of Work. And I love the play of words on that um, because she, the chapter is really about coming, stepping into work in a female body um, and how that's obviously unique for women. But I love how she connects it to Jesus and how Jesus's work. If he did not have a body, um, he would not have been able to accomplish the mission of salvation for us. And so um, it's just a beautiful, beautiful chapter, beautiful vision of 
um, just something I don't feel like we talk a lot about of just yeah. our own bodies, yeah. just the embodiment yeah. of work. We use our actual body to work. Right. Um, so it's just fascinating. That was truly fascinating for me. But those were probably the two standouts for me just in terms of like, oh, wow, yeah. this is a yeah. whole thing I hadn't thought about. Well, I'm excited that Hannah's actually going to be leading a breakout this year at the Women's Leadership Forum. You and Missy Branch are going to be leading a breakout at Women's Forum. So let's talk for a second about why is it important? I mean, like we have women who come to Forum who are not necessarily in ministry settings. They are in secular work, but they come because they want to they want to do their work well in in a biblical worldview. And so speak just for a moment about why it's important for women to work on their leadership development. Well, I mean, I love that you guys offer Leadership Forum because it's really one of the few, I feel like men, guys, I mean, this is Amy Whitfield wrote a whole chapter of this in our book too, about just growing and developing your gifts. I feel like for men, this is like really normal, right? It's really <laughs> common to be offered um, oh, you know, come and take this training and you're going to grow and you're going to next level promotion and that kind of thing. But it really is. Um, Amy quotes Selma Wilson, who is also who had worked yes. at uh, V&H, um, where she said, you know, you have to really own your own development. Like you really do have to take responsibility for it um, because people aren't necessarily looking at you saying, hey, you know, I mean, it, it would be amazing. And, and sometimes this does happen if people see something in you and they're like, oh, let, I'm calling this gift out in you. I think you need to pursue this. But that's really rare for most mm-hmm. women. Um, even myself, even though it's it's wild because even from the time I was in high school and college, I mean, I was in leadership roles, but it was kind of like, I just thought that's what you did if you like had good grades. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It wasn't like I felt a sense of true leadership. I didn't really take that seriously. And so even when I started Women in Work, I really did not view my own. I didn't view myself as a leader. And even now, that's probably been one of the biggest hurdles of just making that switch of like, oh, my gosh, like I have something to actually offer here. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I have to offer, it's not um it's not connected to my husband. It's not connected to his calling. Cause that was part of my thing. When I stepped into marriage with a guy in ministry, it was like, I mean, I really kind of tucked my calling that was specific to me from the Lord. I really kind of hid that behind him. I said, okay, whatever he's doing, I'm just going to go with him. Um, and so it was, has been a, a whole thing of the Holy spirit saying, no, like you have something unique and valuable to offer. And I actually need to grow in that. I actually need to learn how to do that better. And so I think for so many women, that's the case where they just haven't had a vision of how God could use them. And they really don't know like, okay, how, how can I lead? Um, and so that's why I love that you guys are doing a leadership forum because it's such a fabulous opportunity. I attended like in 2015, um, grew so much. Um, just even then I wasn't even in a leadership necessarily capacity, formal leadership role, but I knew, okay, I think God is leading me to something. I need to grow in this as well. And so I just think it, um, growing in leadership, it really equips women to step more fully into their potential, the potential that God might have for them, but not just for them, but it's, it's not just for them. It's, it's for the purpose of serving others, Mm -hmm. um, to really say, okay, I'm going to grow and hone these skills the best I can so that I can offer, um, love to others and, and really lift up other people. I love that. And I think that is something that Mm -hmm. 
we don't, like you said, we don't think about it as much as maybe in some mm-hmm. past. And we don't think about it as like, like maybe we would take a class with our, or a course or do conference like in our specific line of work, but we don't often think about it as like, how do I marry this and be a Christian mm-hmm. fill in the blank? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's what's so great about Forum and all your other leadership yeah. events that you do. Okay, Courtney, we are now to the point in the podcast that we are going to ask you the question we always ask. What is one thing that has marked you in your walk with Christ? This was hard. This was hard because there have been so many things, right, yes. that have really been monumental along the path. I think um, really I had two that rose to the top. Um, we'll give you two. We'll give you two. <laughs> <laughs> One, I would, the, the first would say it was probably just my local church, mm-hmm. um, just growing up and really having a really solid church that loved me, you know, from the time – I mean, as long as I can remember being in the church, you know, I grew up in a small town in Alabama, decently small church, probably 200 people, um, and just felt like that was truly a community for me where I grew in my faith and had um, these people just, they did believe in me. I mean, I guess they did call me out in some ways. And um, so just having that foundation, I just feel like that's huge, right? Mm -hmm. But then the next step I would say that's been so impactful is really in college, I was a part of a church that uh, the pastor just preached through the Bible expositionally. Mm -hmm. And so sitting under that teaching, y'all, I mean, it was all the time. I feel like I was, he was preaching Sunday morning. He was preaching Sunday night. He was preaching Wednesday night. And then I would like go on Thursday night to the college group. (laughs) It was like this four years of my life where I mean, in some ways, more than seminary, you guys, I, I really learned the Bible um, because they would just teach through book after book, passage, verse by verse. And um, I can still, even now when I think of certain passages, um, my my mind, that was so ingrained in me, those sermons and those lessons um, from those scripture, like, I can, I can, like, I can hear my pastor's voice, like, reading those passages. You know what I mean? Like, I can remember he would, like, reference, like, okay, if we're in John 10, he's going to reference this other passage. And then, then, like, like, the Holy Spirit just really put that on me. And so I feel like just having that full knowledge of the Bible has been huge Mm -hmm. um, in life and godliness and ministry and all the things. So. Hope your listeners are part of good churches that teach the Bible. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. I think this is this is a very pro local church podcast. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, and yes. good for your pastor to just be so faithful to the word and and just doing that verse by verse and mm-hmm. and really digging in. So. Courtney, we're so excited about just not only just the book, but your um, just the ministry that you do, and we're thankful for you. And and uh, so we want our listeners to check that out. They can go to the show notes, and we'll have the link to the book, um, but also we'll have a link to Women's Leadership Forum. We'd love for you to be part of that as well, too. So come and meet Courtney and and hear more about what she's doing there. And listeners, thanks again for joining us on the Mark Podcast. We'll be back next week. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to join in on the conversation, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Kelly D. King and at E.D. Heineman. Use the hashtag marked podcast to connect with us.
You can also find Lifeway Women on all social media channels at Lifeway Women. All of today's show notes will be posted at lifewaywomen.com slash podcast. If you love the show, leave an iTunes review. It's a great way for other people to hear about the podcast. We'll see you next time.